This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. No, there's a, there's a lot of similarities. Uh, I know how Boston's played for a long, long time, and I know Jimmy Montgomery obviously very well. Uh, so I know how he coaches and uh, the structure that he he puts in. They've always had a tremendous work ethic there. That was Winnipeg Jets head coach Rick Bonus talking about the similarities between them and the Boston Bruins. I'm Tyson Rowicki in for Cam Poitras here on Jets at Noon. And in for Jim Toth today. Well, it's none other than Cam Poitras. Cam, how are we doing today? Well, I would say it's a difficult job to replace Jim Toth. Nobody can, but there's a long list of people who can replace Jim Toth at any given moment. So <laughs> it's not really much of a, you know, it's not like, it's not like, oh, wow, who, who can do that job? Anybody. <laughs> right. yeah, like, but- pull some guy. I mean, I was just down at the... You know, near the like in the in the in the circus down at uh, two hundred one, you can just grab somebody off the street to yeah, replace no, I, Jim Toth. I actually th- thought I saw Jim walking around there earlier today, so <laughs> oh, wow. not, not too much of a difference. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got a we got a festivus edition, a holiday musical chairs edition of Jets at Noon today. Yes. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's a holiday free for all too. What gets any better than that, Cam? Free for all Friday. I'll try to do it free for all. That's what Jim always does. So uh, yeah. Free for all Friday and uh, Winnipeg Jets game coming up tonight. Yeah, and a big game at that too. And mm-hmm. I, I'm fully expecting this game to be one of the most, one of the biggest crowds we've gotten so far this year, right? Like we had, like the Bruins always have that big contingency. They have a huge following that comes out, that shows out to the games. And there's, there's not, a, there's a lot of reasons for people to get out to this game. You know, like yeah. we're heading into the holiday break. This is the last game that the Jets have before they enter their holiday break as well. Like this is, this is going to be a big game. And I think this is a, I don't want to say a, a show me game, yeah, but this is a this is a big big point in the Jets season to kind of prove where they fit on the team's elite or the league's elite. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's over the course of a season, there's lots of these games where there's sort of like the measuring stick game, uh, the measuring tape games, where we can sort of figure out where the Winnipeg Jets are sitting, where they are at this time. Um, and this is just the next one, right? And uh, when they played, uh, I, I think the last uh, two measuring stick games were the two games they had um, against Colorado. I think that game against Los Angeles was one of those. So the Jets have, have risen to the occasion over the last uh, series of those. I think if they go out and lose today to Boston, I don't think it's like, oh, well, the Winnipeg Jets are sort of defined by this loss. I don't, I don't believe that. But I think if they win, I, I think it shows where this team is. Um, if they lose, it's <laughs> maybe it's just another game. You know what I mean? But um, uh, it's it's a big game there on the list here. That's for sure. It's a game before Christmas. You want to go uh, into the break here feeling real good, uh, feeling good about yourself. And and I, I think that's the most important part about this game. Go out there, play Winnipeg Jets hockey that has an identity that has it's it's a defined uh, way of playing the game that the Winnipeg Jets have been doing. And I think if they can continue that. I think that they have a real good showing tonight against Boston. And this is a team, the Bruins, that they've they, they've really struggled, the Jets have, against the Bruins these past couple of games. They've lost six in a row to them. Ooh, yeah. it's, it, it just seems that this team has struggles with them. I mean, yeah. Connor Hellebuck, he's put up solid numbers with them. It's more so the team in front of them when they played Boston. That There just seems to be maybe that's their Eastern kryptonite. And they've established a really good culture in Boston over, over many, many of years. And actually, head coach Rick Bonus touched on that, and I want to play this clip right here. This that's been passed on for decades. It really has, 
and, and give the younger players a guy like Patrice comes in as a young 18-year-old, and he knows, he sees right away what it's like there, what the demands are. And Big Z comes in, and he's been always, he was always a great worker anyways. But So the younger players are coming in, and they're exposed to it right away, that there's certain standards that we have here. And then uh, they maintain them. And then there's the veterans that get on them when there's standards aren't maintained. So uh, that's the culture that we all try to, established with our team with our young players and but that 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 goes on for decades that's not just so this year they have that it, that takes time to develop that that's not something that happens with a couple of trades or a couple of moves that that just doesn't happen that way and just a quick sh- quick shout out to kelly moore too for grabbing all that audio for us yeah absolute legend yeah um, abs- yeah no no doubt about it you know what i was thinking it was around this time last year that they played the bruins it was on december 22nd as well Oh, wow. That game when they lost, and the Bruins were just absolutely running through the entire league. Um, and that was that 3 uh, 2 game that they played Boston real, real tight. So, uh, and that was in, was in, um, was at TD Garden. So, yeah, six in a row against, against the Bruins. Uh, before that, they won three in a row. And then before that, they lost four in a row to the Bruins. So, it's been kind of a hot and cold situation between the Winnipeg Jets and the Boston Bruins. No better day than today to, to switch that around. There, exactly. And an early early Christmas gift, early holidays for all Jets fans that they can get a win in this one. Yeah. But I just wanted to touch on the culture that the Bruins have been building. Yeah. And we saw last year that they were, they had they lost six players, like Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, yeah. Dmitry Orlov, Tyler Bertuzzi, Garnet Hathaway, and Matt Grizzlick. Those are six guys who are six legit NHLers. And it doesn't seem like a lot of people just thought that this team coming in, look at them on paper. They didn't look too strong. Like Pavel Zaka down the middle is your number one center. And then looking at Morgan geeky at your, as your number two center, that's doesn't seem like a playoff team, but yet this Bruins team comes in here. And it, even though they are not playing at the level that they have last year, just because that's really unreasonable to ask for, <laughs> you can't you ask can't, that. Yeah. You can't ask to be the yeah. best team ever regular season team ever every single year. But they've picked off right where they left off without two key members of their franchise, not just at, like yeah. the past season, but as a whole in their franchise history. The whole talk was that Boston was going to be on the phone immediately talking to the Winnipeg Jets about an unsigned, at that time, Mark Shifley, a continue, still unsigned Elias Lindholm with the Calgary Flames. There was a sort of talk like even going into the year, well, which team, which, which, which one of those players do you think fits better with the Boston Bruins? Uh, well, it seems like the Bruins haven't hit their stride again, just like you mentioned. They lost their two top centers. Everybody was expecting this. I think even the organized if you talk to the organization heading into the season, I mean, maybe you ask them now, they'd be like, well, we really believed in the, the guys that we had. You know, there's always a little bit of gamesmanship in terms of those kinds of talks and those kinds of discussions. But I don't believe for one second that the Bruins didn't think that they would have to be going after a number one or a number two center, at least this early um, in the year, because I felt like that they thought there were going to be a, be a drop off. I mean, Patrice Bergeron, I mean, uh, David Crate. I mean, these, these are guys that are uh, these are elite players in the league, aging players. But even in their final year, I mean, these guys had a huge impact on that game. So. I remember John Shannon on one of the postgame shows recently here on 680 CJOB uh, for Winnipeg Jets Hockey was talking about the Boston Bruins being one of the top three stories uh, in the National Hockey League and where that they still are, still top of the Atlantic, still that team. Um, and and they, they brought in guys like Matthew Patra. I mean, Matthew Patra, who's, who's come in and, and has a big impact. He's going to be playing for Team Canada uh, at the junior. So the Boston Bruins are in a real good spot. And, you know, everyone's sort of saying, when's that drop-off going to come? I don't think it's coming. Not anytime soon, at least. Well, and especially, too, 
although the forward group is much different than it was last year, the two other key parts of this team have remained almost the same in the yeah. defense and goaltending. Yeah. And we look at a guy like Charlie McAvoy, who's the number one def- D-man on that team, and with how good he is, I almost feel that he's underrated. There's a, there's a little bit of part of him that is underrated, even though he is probably a top 10 defenseman in the NHL. He, everything he does is just so impactful. He's so physical. He's great on the power play, great in the ozone, and yeah. and he prevents goals at a very high rate as well. And then you add a Hampus Lindholm, a guy who the points aren't quite there for Lindholm this year, but he's still just one of those steady, steady forces. And then they had two of the they had the best goalie tandem in the league last year. Yeah, Jeremy, per- Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark. They're playing great. Yeah, yeah. You know, just on to Charlie McAvoy. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. I think there is sort of like whenever you talk about sort of. I don't know. Is is he a top ten defenseman? Probably, but he's not in that sort of elite category right now. Right. You know, he's not the Adam Fox or the Kale McCarr. So maybe he doesn't get as much love as perhaps he deserves. But he definitely is appreciated and respected within the Boston Bruins organization. I mean, there's a reason at that time they made him one of the highest paid defensemen, nine point five, signing him long term. Um, the organization certainly saw the value in him, and, and they were they were more than eager to keep him around and make sure that he was paid well as one of the best defensemen in the entire National Hockey League. Yeah, and uh, Rick Bonus touched on Jim Montgomery, and obviously they had they shared some time in Dallas together. Uh, Rick Bonus took over for Jim Montgomery after he decided to get the much deserved help that he needed to deal yeah. with his alcohol abuse issue, and we're very glad that he's gotten past that. But I just wanted to play this clip about kind of what they were thinking when they first got into Dallas and their mindset taking over the team in training camp. We went into uh, we went into Dallas. We had to change that right away because they it just wasn't. I told Jimmy like three days into camp, man, we got a lot of work to do here to change this around. We do so. Like this is first exposure to coaching at this level, and I'm watching things going on in practice and other things. And I went, Jimmy, we got a lot of work to do here to change this thing here, man. So let's get after it. Uh, but he was very receptive, and uh, he and I got along great. So no, I have a ton of respect for him as a man now and as a as a coach. Absolutely love that quote from Rick Bonus. Like that is that is just. You know what? We might be in a little bit of trouble coming into this trading camp here. And uh, we do have to go to break soon. But I just wanted to grab your thoughts quickly on this, Cam. When you listen to that quote, can you grab any parallels from when Rick Bonus and Jim Montgomery took over that Dallas Stars team compared to when Rick Bonus took over the Jets team last year? You don't think he didn't say that exact same phrase to Scott O'Neill? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> that was exactly at, at what training I was thinking. camp, 100%. I mean, you heard, you heard Kyle Connor. At this training camp, saying, "Oh, you know, he's, you know, Rick's kind of calmed down a little bit. He's not doing as much shouting. He's a lot more calm." Well, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, he we walked in and he said, "Bonus is like we got a lot of work to do here." I guarantee, if you have that conversation, whatever happens, and it comes out at any time, let's fast forward five years from now, whatever happens, happens. You ask Rick Bonus about his conversation about Scott O'Neill. I guarantee that exact same phrase has come up, and so and and the Winnipeg Jets are. In that position right now, where they're in a real good spot, um, and they have a team identity. They're playing good five on five. The special teams, yeah, it needs some work, um, but I, I I think that they got they got the coaching staff and they have the personnel uh, to be able to turn that around. It's not going to be number one power play. It's not going to be number one penalty kill. They might not even bust into the top ten in each of those categories. But if they can get it to middle of the pack. And you combine that with this team's five-on-five play, this becomes a very, very dangerous team late in the season and into the postseason. Yeah, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself right before we go into break, but 
this Jets team reminds me a lot of the Dallas Stars team that went to the Cup Finals in the bubble. Do they not? They, they, there's, a, there's a sort of similar yeah, they're playing Rick, situation. They're there. playing Rick Bonus hockey. Yeah. They're playing exactly the same style of Rick Bonus hockey. Um, the sort of the zone coverage instead of the man on man sort of situation. And uh, yeah, I think I think it's going to bode well for the Jets, and it has so far this season. Well, we are going to have to take a break right here. Send us your texts, calls, whatever you want to talk about. We'll bring them up. If you want to talk to us about your favorite Christmas meal or whatever, text us in, tell us what you want to say, and we'll be right back with a little bit of... Keep some- Tyson Rewicki away from the <laughs> potatoes, man. He takes he's over, takes over his potato allotment. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big masher guy. I'm a big <laughs> mashed potato. But we'll be right back with something that's been grinding my gears about the NHL lately. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to Jets at noon. I'm Tyson Rowicki alongside Cam Poitras. And Cam, you want to know what's been grinding my gears lately? What has been grinding your gears, man? Players in the NHL need to protect themselves. This is some, like this is just basic stuff that you're taught when you're growing up playing hockey. Yeah. Don't you don't put yourself in bad situations. There was a, a hit last night where Morgan Frost got hit by Yakov Trenin of the Nashville Predators. Mm-hmm. It was a borderline hit. I will admit that. But he didn't hit him like crazy hard. Yeah. And Morgan Frost hits his head into the dasher, cuts his mouth open, and it ends up being a five-minute major for Yakov Trenin. And I, I get it, but the onus is on the player too, right? Like this is just basic stuff that you're taught in minor league hockey. Yeah, well, I, I agree. I mean... Um... To, to me, it's kind of like when you're driving a car, right? And like you, you should expect everyone to follow the rules of the road. Yeah, but some people just aren't going to do it. So the onus is a little bit on you to also be prepared for some people who aren't following some of those rules. You have to protect yourself. I mean, I remember this one hit, um, Patrick. Remember when Patrick Lani had that concussion when he was still with the Jets? Um, he got absolutely rocked. The Jake McCabe hit against That's right, Buffalo, right middle middle of the ice, and. That situation was Patrick Laine having his head down in the middle of the ice. He learned you got to keep your head up, right? That was him not protecting himself in this in this in this hit against Frost. He's got his back totally exposed on the boards there, right? He didn't get he didn't get totally smushed. Um, see, the onus I think is on is on the player to not hit a guy in the numbers and do whatever he can to not do that. Exactly. Um, but the secondary too is you also have to you have to protect yourself here as well. So I think it's 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 a little bit of a of a give and go. I mean, is it a penalty? Yeah. Is it a five-minute major? Maybe not. Um, but you have to protect yourself on the ice, that's for sure. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Hey, Jeff, are you uh, are you doing anything over the holidays? You got any traditions? None of your business. <laughs> Who's asking? <laughs> um, I don't know. I've got some Christmas. I, I honestly haven't started thinking about What's actually coming up over the next few days? Got to get through today first. Neither that's have I. Fair. I haven't thought about anything. Yeah. You know, that's fair. It's kind of this, this day's sort of like the, you don't want to say, I don't want to say it right off of work because I'm at work right now. So it's, if, if any of the tread, higher ups are watching, lightly, work, yeah, we're, 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 but you, it is. You've clearly it, not really been working today. So. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously well, a write-up. Th- thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. That's enough. <laughs> but, uh, Come yeah. see me after. <laughs> well, we just might. Yeah, but uh, he's, he's got it. No, I won't even say that. There's something in this. It's just apple cider in that flask of his. Oh yeah, yeah. that's uh, 
Drop the flask, not the Yeti mug. That's right. Made, made an executive right. decision for That's today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but welcome back to Jets at Noon. I'm Tyson from Wiki alongside Cam Poitras. And let's head to the text line, Cam. 204-780-6868. Free for all Friday, 204-780-6868. Phone lines open as well if you guys want to squeeze in and we'll get some take some phone calls as well if you want to chat about uh, the Jets. Coming up on the game tonight, Boston Bruins, pregame at 5 o'clock. Puck drop at 7. Woo! What a read. <laughs> what a read. <laughs> Fire it out there, buddy. Let's let's head over to Kyle, who says, you guys need to talk about the Flyers. Oh, yeah. Kyle, I like I like your thinking, man. I really like your thinking. Are, are the Flyers for real a playoff team or sellers or what, Cam? I'm gonna, I want you to start us off here on the Flyers. Um, no, I, I, I don't believe in the Flyers at all. Um, I, I, I think this team uh, is... Uh, I don't know. Are they a sum of its parts team? I don't know, but there's there's nothing there's nothing that scares me about the Philadelphia Flyers whatsoever. They have some, you know, B B minus players. There's no superstar on this team. There's nobody uh, on there that is really listen. But they found ways to win here. Uh, would I expect? But listen, I, I'll say this. I also anticipate a drop off in the second half of the season with them. Uh, I, I I just I'm, I'm looking at some of the teams in the East that you know I, Tampa Bay is going to find its way in the playoffs. I think I think New Jersey is still going to find its way in the playoffs. Detroit maybe I don't know. I did not like how they played against the Jets um, on Wednesday, but yeah, I just think the Flyers are going to be that team that finds its way its way out of it here. I, I just I just don't think they're that good. As a Flyers fan, Cam, I unfortunately have to agree with you. Yeah, I think that they're they're a team that's playing above expectations, obviously. And like you mentioned, there's some teams under them that are that you expect to be yeah. on to, to be on that playoff hunt. Yeah. And I just think that between the Capitals, Islanders, and Flyers, it's going to be a bit of a a bit of a dogfight for that last spot. I don't see the pe- Penguins kind of getting in there, but the Flyers they are they're just a hardworking team. And if I had an MVP vote, I go Nikita Kucherov one. <laughs> John Tortorella too. Easy. Yeah. You know what? It's funny because the Flyers didn't really make any additions. They just made some tra- subtractions. Yeah. They shipped out uh, Kevin Hayes uh, to St. Louis. Ivan Provorov they got rid of. They traded to Columbus. Um, and it seems bought out like, Tony D'Angelo too. Bought, bought him. Oh yeah, they bought him out. <laughs> um, and it seems like by it, it's addition by subtraction. You know, they got rid of some people that perhaps. Uh, we're leading to sort of the bad situation that the team was going through, and they're a better team for it. Uh, we got a couple callers here. Lee, uh, Leo, we'll get to Leo in a second, but uh, here's Bob. Hey, Bob, how's it going? Happy to have you on Jets at Noon here on Free For All Friday. Merry Christmas, by the way. What's up, Bob? What's happening with uh, Logan Stanley? Uh, well, he's uh, been a healthy scratch the last little bit, Bob. Uh, and Nate Schmidt's been back in the lineup. Why is it that, uh, why is it, uh, like, uh, how, how long is he going to be, uh, put on, uh, in a bench, uh, isn't he a good, uh, good defenseman? I figure he is. Yeah, well, I, you know what? I think when he's been in, in the lineup, Bob, I think he's played pretty dang good. Um, but uh, it's sort of that ongoing problem the Winnipeg Jets have had all season. They've had... Uh, Schmidt. They have a, yeah, Schmidt. He went out uh, of the lineup for a little bit to make some room for uh, Chisholm and for Logan Stanley to get some uh, additional work. 
and uh, I think they all those players have showed 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 well. But uh, I think Schmidt has come in and he's been he's been pretty dang good over the last couple of games here. So I don't think there's a reason uh, to bring him out. But I you know what one. After the Christmas break, I think you'll probably see uh, some more Logan Stanley. And I think they're going to need Logan Stanley as the the game goes in here on. But there's only six spots on defense, Bob. Right on. Okay, Bob. Thanks for the call. Take care. Anything you wanted to add on to that? Yeah, just that. This was sort of. Merry Christmas. Merry Merry Christmas, Christmas, Bob. Bob. (laughs) Take care. Thanks, buddy. Uh, This was. We kind of knew that this problem was going to arise before the season started, right? Billy Hanela, he's skating non contact, so he's going to be coming up. Right. And and so. In the next little bit. You have that logjam on defense. Like, there's a lot of left handed defensemen on this team. You only have Neil Pionk as your. And Dylan DeMello as your two righties on the team. But this, we knew this was going to happen. So when there's a, a lot of guys on this team too have played very well on, on the decor. They've exceeded expectations, in my opinion, a yeah. couple guys. And it's just hard to get the, when the team's rolling like this, it's hard to, to put Logan Stanley in the lineup. And it's tough too. We saw the game against Colorado where I actually thought he, he played fairly decent for yeah. a guy just hopping into the, into the lineup after a long absence. Yeah. But it's just a lot to ask out of a guy to be like, hey, come into this game against one of the top teams in the NHL and be that top six, maybe even top four defenseman. It's just a lot to ask of a guy. Yeah, and listen, I mean, Neil Pionk has been playing a heck of a lot better. I mean, he's had a great season so far. Uh, I thought Mark Scheifele, Dylan Sandberg's really solidified himself. Brendan Dillon brings uh, a lot of stuff to this team. Uh, Dylan DeMello's been great again. So there's only so many spots there. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's a situation that Logan Stanley uh, is in. Hello, Leo. Uh, thanks for calling 204-780-6868. You're on Jets at noon. Leo, are you there? For, you looking for Leo or Guido? Uh, Guido. Okay, Guido. That's uh, Yeah, great. Oh, sorry, buddy. No, no, it's all right. Sorry. Hey, listen, I, I, I think the Jets are doing great. It's good to see what they're doing. Having said that, let's not forget they're only in eighth place overall. So we're not, let's not get too excited. Okay. But I am I am a little it, – it kind of interests me a little bit when the, when we take a clean hit. And I know the Jets are – I think most of the teams are doing this now. But there's a good clean hit. I, the other night, I guess, I think it was against Montreal. A good clean hit. And uh, and uh, and Dylan wanted to fight the guy. I can't even remember who got hit. I think it was – I think it might have been uh, – might have been Nito Ryder who got hit. Good clean hit, knocked him on his butt, and immediately uh, Dylan wants to go and fight the guy. And I'm thinking, guys, it's a good clean hit. Let him, you know, let's we got to take the good clean hits. I, I don't understand that. Uh, that seems to be something new in the last couple of years. I've, I've noticed. Yeah, Guido, would you feel better about the Jets if they were actually in seventh overall in the league? Would that would that would that I, cause some my, more excitement than eighth? You, yeah, much more, much better. <laughs> that really changes your mindset, yeah. eh? Yeah, that, completely. Oh, in that case, no, let's let him go. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, yeah, that's that's always a discussion, Guido. I mean, it's it's about like, hey, listen, it's a clean hit. There doesn't need to be uh, sort of a scrum following that. I kind right. of, I meet you halfway there, but at the same time, it's like you, you get a clean hit, and you know, you want you want your teammates to stand up for yourself and stand up for each other uh, in a situation like that. But also, I, I I kind of get tired of it at some at sometimes. I think it should be more of a situational uh, thing. If it's you know, if the game is is uh you know completely out of out of out of line or whatever i, I think it needs to be a situational thing yeah the, and we don't we don't i would just ask you if if you saw let's say mark shifley take a big hit and it's a chippy game back and forth and there's sort of this animosity that's building would you not want a guy like brendan dillon to go in there and kind of kind of show that we're not just going to take you doing this to our star players Oh no, certainly I understand that, but this wasn't that. This wasn't the situation. Uh, I like I say, I believe it was near. I was skating up the ice. 
kind of head down and he just took it. The guy gave him a good shoulder mm-hmm. uh, and put him on his butt. He jumped right back up and he was back in the play. Uh, and immediately, uh, and I think it was, and I don't know who held Dylan back because they're like, cool your jets, man. And, <laughs> and, and I, like, so, no, I, I understand what you're saying. One of our players gets knocked down. Uh, clearly what happened to Kyle Connor, I mean, that was, it was a bad hit, but even on a, you know, you got, you got to defend the guy, but, but when it's a good clean hit, I mean, that's what hockey's all about. I'm an old guy. And I mean, that's the way I grew up playing hockey. You take yeah. a hit, you get up and you, you get the guy's number and maybe you get him back. But it wasn't like a, and it wasn't like a little guy. Like it was, you know, like you know, a guy like Niederreiter can handle himself. And and so uh, so I, I I just I just think it's gotten to the point where it's gotten a little silly. You know, like uh, let's play the game and and uh, and uh, and let the, let the chips fall yeah, where they may. Yeah, Guido. I, there's a lot of people who definitely 100 percent would agree with you, and, and I, I think it's a situational uh, situation. Thanks so much for the call. Okay, thanks for calling into the guys. show. Yeah, appreciate appreciate it. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Uh, Free for all Friday here. Uh, this texter says, I'm, I'm relieved that Hellebuck signed here, but with demand for goalies heating up, do you guys believe Hellebuck could have gotten more if he would have not signed in Winnipeg and gone to free agency? Thanks. That texter. That's a really interesting question because I think they're they're 100% right. I, there, there are The goaltending market has been so, so volatile this year yeah. there's been so many teams where even leg- legitimate goalies who have proven themselves year after year like look at Igor Shesterkin he's had a really questionable start to the season and if you, there's just a lot of things going on in the league right now Jake Ottinger hasn't been as good if you if you look at a team like Edmonton kind of like when they were going through their really bad streak or a team like yeah. Carolina right now too I think those teams would give up a heck of a lot like almost the fact that it's franchise altering but I'm okay with having Hellebuck locked in long-term here too. Well, yeah, and, and, I, and I think Hellebuck just looked around. I think he felt out his situation. Um, if the Winnipeg Jets were going to trade him, they would have traded him this year. They wouldn't have just, you know, let him walk into free agency. I don't think that's not how this organization does things. Um, you know, maybe he would have got a shorter-term deal with more money at that time, but I think he looked at his situation here. And, you know, it's it's such a gamble too because – a lot of the reason why there wasn't too much money for goaltenders this offseason was because of the fact that Vegas won um, w- with a tandem of cheap goaltenders. You know, uh, Laurent Brassois played games. Aiden Hill played games, you know. Uh, and a lot of teams were like, well, Vegas just won the cup with a cheap goaltender, so why can't we do that same thing, right? It would have been a totally different story if it was if the Florida Panthers would have won and Sergei Bobrovsky would have been the would have been the winning right. Stanley Cup winning goaltender. I I think and I hundred because this is how the NHL works. It's such a copycat league. There would have been more money for goaltenders this offseason and we might have been dealing with a completely different situation. But I think you look at uh the situation in Winnipeg with Connor Hellebuck with his family, with the organization where things are right now, I think you I think uh, Connor Hellebuck would probably feel really really good about his uh, decision to stay here in Winnipeg and sign long term. We'll take one more caller before we take a break. 204-780-6868 here on Free For All Friday. We have Harry. Harry, are you uh, are you there, Harry? I'm doing well, but I do have a question for you guys. All righty, you go for it, buddy. Why is it that uh, there's no accountability for referees? As far as I'm concerned, they have way too much discretion, way too much power, right? And they're free to, to dictate what, 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 the out, what happens with the out game, outcome of the game. Great point. Yeah, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and when was Jim and I were talking about this, and we had another caller, uh, we discussed something very, very similar. Um, and I think the caller that called in was a ref himself, and he actually he brought up some really, really good points. 
Um, I don't think that, and it kind of changed my mind in the situation. I don't think that the refs need to be sort of doled out in front of the media and then like asked what they were thinking when they made this this decision, when they made that mistake, when they had that blown call. Because what all, what are they going to say beyond? Uh, no, I missed it. It was a, it was a. I didn't see it. That that's the end of the situation. What I do think, though, Harry, is I think that the league. Uh, I wouldn't be against the league coming out the day after or the day or the next day after a game, let emotions cool and all that kind of stuff. And then have the league come out and say, Hey, listen, we reviewed the situation and I believe the refs are held accountable behind closed doors, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind a little bit more transparency there where there's a situation where the league comes out and says, Hey, the, the, the officials that game lost control on the ice. They lost control of that game. Uh, they missed this call, this call, this call, and that had an effect on the game. It's not going to change the, the outcome, thing. but, but I, 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 yeah, go ahead. But here's, but here's the thing, right? In the NFL, they review all that stuff. And accountability is placed right then and there, right? They can overturn, you know, whatever whatever stated at the time, they can overturn that because they get to review it. Harry, what, what play so recently just ticked you off? What, what's, got you, what's got you fired up? What, was, it, was it the last game against? The last, uh, the last, the last yeah, the last game where they're, uh, the Montreal? other team was on a power play. And uh, next, thing, and they run on a power play because of a cross check. Next, thing you know, Lowry goes down on a cross check, and it doesn't get called, and they score a goal because of it. Yeah, yeah. Like that's not right. Plain and simple, that's not right. That's called manipulation. Well, I can th- manipulate this guy to get what I want. Right, but the, and these these refs are people though at the same time too. And you mentioned the NFL, but and the accountability there with the re- replay, but. Even with the replay, they are highly scrutinized this, this year, especially. There's been lots of plays where, especially we look at Patrick Mahomes' last two games where he's having hissy fits. Like, he's losing his mind at the refs. And I still think that no matter what happens, people are going to be mad at the refs. And I love a good ref you suck chant more than anyone. It's yeah. one of the best chants in sports. But I like but, but, the- yeah, let's be fair on both sides, right? Let's be fair. If you're going to call a cross-check here, you should be calling it over here, too. It's it's like baseball. It's like baseball, Harry. It's like you. Okay, all right. You're going to call that a strike. All right. Well, that better be a strike all game. You know what I mean? It's a situation like that. Is that what you're trying to say? If you're going to be calling a, a ball that's out, that's you know outside the strike Some zone. Some things are so blatant. I can I can agree. Some things are so blatant. I can agree. Some things are not. Well, and it, and it yeah. should be just that that simple. Okay. All right, Harry. I appreciate the call. You take care. Okay. Thank you. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to Jets at Noon. I'm Tyson Wiki with Cam Poitras. And Cam, we got a caller here? Yeah, we got Mark on the line. Want to talk about Harry's call about the refing. Mark, only got about 20 seconds for you, though, buddy, but you go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, refing has nothing to do with it. The Jets had two face-offs in overtime that they didn't win. Mm-hmm. They killed it. And I got to disagree with you with the refs. You suck, Cam. How many officials are in the crowd or watching the game at home? Basketball, football, minor hockey, minor football. They go to that game with their kid and they're supposed to encourage their kid to say, ref, you suck. I think it's one of the most embarrassing chants ever. And, uh, well, I, and I, I, you know what? You know, I, I, I just finished a respect and sport program with Hockey Canada and they say, speak up when you hear something's wrong. I think that ref, you suck is horrible, and I can't see any official bringing his kid to a game and encouraging his kid to say, Rep, you suck. I, I, I will well, say, I, though, that, that fans do pay a lot of money to go attend these games, and it's not directed at refs across the world. It's directed to the refs that are 
officiating the game that they paid tickets to go yeah, see. Yeah, Mark, Mark, I got to let you go. I'll let you have the final sip. But again, you got like you got 10 seconds. I'll let you have the final word. I, I just think the fact that you paid money doesn't give you the privilege to say that. Okay. All right, Mark. Thanks a lot. Um, Bob, I, I agree with you, Tyson. I mean, I you know what? Listen, again, ref miss calls, listen, and you see the ref smile when they get refuse suck chance. I don't think... When a, if a referee gets to the National Hockey League level, he takes it personally. I think they roll with it, and it's just a part of the gig, hundred well, percent. And they 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 smile through that stuff. Like it's just like the chirping back and forth with players and refs in the National Hockey League. It's a part of the culture. It's a part of what goes on. So I don't think it. I I you know Mark. I, I don't think that a lot of those guys that get to that level. I don't think they take it as personally as as Mark sort of sees it there. So right, and and some players too. Like we, should we not? chant about players every now and then. like it's just it's part part of it that's what comes with being a professional athlete and a professional referee it's just part of the gig that's the way it is yeah that's right but, uh, oh. and real quick here are the Jets and Bruins a Stanley Cup preview why or why not discuss puck drop at 7 pregame at 5 o'clock are, is this a is this this one from Alistair is it a Stanley Cup preview I, I legitimately do think so I, I think the Jets are you ta- legitimately think Oh, yes. Yeah, literally, this is a Stanley Cup The preview. Jets are a top three team in the Western Conference, and they're going to take on Vegas. They're going to get their revenge against Vegas. They're going to take on Dallas in the second round, and they're going to oh. go all the way to oh. the Stanley Cup finals, take on the Boston Bruins, and they're going to bring this cup back to the greatest city in Canada, not Toronto, <laughs> not Vancouver. It's Winnipeg's cup to win, baby. For I, th- I, think, I think it's a possible Stanley Cup preview. Can I say that? Yeah, that's that, yeah. that works too. Yeah, I'll say that. But thank you all for listening. Happy holidays to all the listeners. We really appreciate everything you guys do. And shout out to the man who holds the whole ship together, Jeff Forche. Thank you, man. Merry Christmas to you. And whatever you're celebrating this holiday, have fun. Enjoy the extracurriculars responsibly. And keep it locked right here on 680 CJOB. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.